Welcome to Bow Talks, a podcast by Banking on Women, which is a student society at the University of Melbourne. We are dedicated to empowering, educating and encouraging our members in the financial and professional services industries. Bo would like to respectfully acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulon Nations, who are the traditional custodians of this land, on which we will be recording this podcast on. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome, Caitlin. We are so excited for you to join us for an episode of Bow Talks. Please, can you start us off by telling us a little bit about who you are and your passions in life? Yeah, so I am a graduate this year. So I graduated last year. So I'm fresh out of uni. Um, I did commerce at Melbourne. I did echo and finance. And in terms of passions in life, um, well, lockdown has sort of changed that a bit. But in terms of like right now, all I really am doing and can do is um, a lot of binging TV shows, walking, I've gone into online shopping, which is really bad. I guess just the basic Melbourne lockdown passions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be counting down the days until you can return to your non-lockdown passions like the rest of us. (laughs) Um, So you already briefly touched on this, but would you just be able to um, sort of run through your time at uni and what your career journey has been thus far? Yeah, so I was at uni uh, 2018 to 2020. I did an internship in the summer of, my God, 2019. Yeah, so my penultimate year. So I graduated in three years. In terms of my uni experience, it was very, I did a lot of club stuff. So I was a part of a lot of commerce clubs. Um, I also, I didn't do any case comps or stuff like that, but yeah, I was really into the clubs and banking women, especially. So like I said, I did an internship with EY in the transactions advisory service team, uh, which has changed names now, but I am also a graduate in that team. So I interned and uh, started working in the same team. So that's pretty much been my career journey. I haven't done any other internships. I did apply for a lot, but I, yeah, started working in the same team that I interned in. Okay, yeah. So I guess what motivated you to jump into, like, that career within the economics regulation and policy team at the Big Four? Yeah, so when I, when internship stuff first came out, I was so confused. I, it took me so long to realise that auditing and accounting was, like, the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just so confused and there was so many things to apply for. I didn't know you had to apply to specific teams within teams within like a service line. Like I thought you could just apply in general, WC or whatever. Um, but yeah, I was really stressed and I ended up just asking my friends like what they had heard about certain things. I reached out to some older students to just literally um, like translate everything. So I reached out to an, an older student who translated pretty much all the teams in EY. When I mean translate, I mean like she told me which ones are sort of the more financy ones, which what like what does risk mean. So being able to walk through that with her was really helpful. And then I it was honestly a fluke. I just applied for this uh, this team I'm in, and it just so happened to work out really well, and for it to be what I wanted. Because when I was researching, I it couldn't make sense of most of the stuff online. Like when they explain the team or what you do in that team online, like for me, it didn't make sense. It was all these words I didn't know. So yeah, it was a bit of, it was total luck for me. And I only started realizing what the team did when I was in my internship. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what that means. This is what I'm doing. And oh, I kind of like this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've absolutely had the same experience. Like reading like the career descriptions on the website, they're all super high level and like it's so hard to distinguish what it actually is, especially like early on in your um, degree. So I guess, yeah, it's good to highlight the importance of talking to as many people as you can, like within the industry. Yeah. And like all the big four call things different as well. So it's like, that's what makes it even confusing. Like you can learn the words for one like one firm but then they all use different ones and all the names change so much like my team right now is not called the same as it was when I interned yeah it's so confusing I'm sure even like now that you're working within the big four you probably still don't know what all the teams do oh yeah 100% (laughs) like (laughs) no no clue well like from that I guess for those who may be confused or have no idea can you give us a brief description of I guess what team you're in and what a consultant in your team actually does yeah so the service line I'm in which is I'm sort of going to like funnel down so like the biggest team or department I'm in is called strategy and transactions and so the simplest way to say that is it's like a lot of strategy work like management consulting but also a lot of the more financy stuff so the more deals and transactions so maybe there's like an M&A team yeah, so, and then within that department, my team is called Infrastructure Advisory. And to be honest, that took me so long to wrap my head around what that actually means. I, I think of infrastructure, I think of like construction workers, but that is not what I do or what my team does. We we sort of, we work in infrastructure, which means like, like MSAC or trains or like roads or like dams or social infrastructure. So like human service work, health like hospitals, like that's what infrastructure means. And that took me a while to wrap my head around. And then within that team, this is like a babushka doll, I, I work in the echo, the echo side of things. So I mainly work because I have interest in the human services. So what that means is like disability work or family violence work. Yeah, so when I say family violence work or disability work, it's mainly working alongside government departments, so the Victorian government. And so when I think of government work, I think of applying for like literally working in the government because I know in commerce that was opportunity, like that was out there. A lot of arts kids apply for graduate jobs within government, like specific departments, the treasury, whatever. Uh, I didn't know that you could work in government or in policy outside of being a public servant. So even though I'm in EY and like that's like a private company, a lot of government work is consulted out. So like, for example, the COVID response, a lot of the people working on that aren't actually government like like workers, if that makes sense. Interesting, yeah. So this happens with so many things. Um, like if they want to build something, they, they need to create an invest, like they need to create a plan for it and a reason, like a reason for the investment to go forward. Like if they're building, I don't know, a swimming pool or something. So they need to outsource and normal and normally they get private companies to do that and to work on a business case or and to work on like other things. So that's like I'm trying to simplify it the most. Yeah. But yeah, so my clients are mainly government departments and we help them with whatever program or policy that they want to do. That yeah, that's really great insight because at least I know when I was thinking of like students looking to go into economics, like I often think like a focus on moving into the public sector or government, like I, I really had no idea that a lot of that was actually done by private companies. Yeah, I didn't even fully understand it when I was interning. Like I'm only now working and realizing, oh, okay, 
so much stuff is outsourced. Yeah. So did you always, in uni, like did you always sort of see yourself going into something like, you know, working more alongside policy? Like were you more interested in economics at uni? Not really. Um, Like even though my team is like the economics team, I'm not doing any hardcore economics. I'm not doing anything I really learned at uni. Like I'm not graphing stuff. I've pretty much forgotten most of uni. All I knew when I was at uni and when I was applying for things was I wanted to do something that had a bit more of a social aspect instead of just like crunching numbers for a like a private client. I wanted to sort of do something that I thought would have more of an impact. And so that's why I sort of went more towards the economics and policy side um, because, like I said, my clients are now mainly government. And if I'm working in like the disability sector or the family violence sector, I feel like I, the work I'm doing, the economics or financial work I'm doing or the PowerPoints I'm writing is going to have um, an impact on someone's life. So, yeah, I didn't pick it because it was my major. It was more just it so happened to be more socially minded. If that makes yeah. Sense. And I think, like, especially coming from a commerce degree, like, it can be somewhat hard to, like, find a career path that maybe, like, focuses more on, like, creating a social impact. Mm. So that's really great that you're able to find that. Um, so I guess bringing it back to, like, your day-to-day, I understand this would vary a lot, um, but what does a typical day look like for you? So the way that like a big company like EY works and as a consultant, it works by like we have different projects on. So I could be on no projects um, and like not have any work or I could be on one project that's half the week. So it's really like every month is different, every week is different depending on what projects you're on. So a typical day for me would be in my team, the hours are quite flexible and also I work pretty consistently nine to five so I haven't had to do any crazy hours so yeah it depends on the jobs you're on depends on who you're working with like you could be on a job by yourself you could be on a job with like 50 million people you could be on a job just with a client so it's yeah I don't know if what I'm saying is helpful but it's just more everything is different which is another good thing in the sense of you're not going to be repeating the same stuff over and over again yeah, it sounds like it's super varied and dynamic, which I'm sure yeah. would keep it interesting. Yeah, and online is different as well, like, because I'm not in person. Of course. Has your whole grad year been online? I know, like, in between the lockdowns when we were able to go in, I did go in a few times, but I haven't, like, I haven't been for a full, I've never been uh, two days back to back. So it's like when we were able to go in, I would go in, like, a few times a week. Yeah, so I haven't done a full week. I haven't done a full. (laughs) (laughs) There are big things coming up. One day you'll do a full week. (laughs) Um, And I guess, like, do you sort of keep, try and keep up to date with, like, the market, like, with news, like, as in, like, would you check the news every morning? Do you have any, like, processes like that? Yeah, so I'm not checking, like, financial news in terms of markets. It's more just now I'm more aware when, like, government stuff comes out. Like, when I was in high school or in uni, like, when the budget came out, like, I had no clue. Like I wouldn't follow it, don't even know when it came out and stuff. So now things that like this or like what the government publishes, I'm more on top of that. Okay, makes sense. And I guess you already touched on this a little bit before, but what are the main differences between the work that you do like within economics at a big four firm um, compared to working in economics in the government? So I don't have any personal experience, obviously, um, working as a grad or a consultant in government. A friend who worked in government 
I don't remember what department, and then she moved into um, a private uh, firm. And I asked her the difference, and she she said that a lot of work is outsourced. So she said that mainly the bigger projects or the ones that are more exciting, she seemed she thought were the ones that were being outsourced. So okay. it's more just the governor. So many things they're doing, obviously, like so many projects, and they'll they'll decide which ones they want to handle off and which ones they want to do in-house, right? And from her perspective in the specific team she was in, she just thought that the bigger ones, the more exciting ones, were for the private firms to do. So that's why she moved across because she was like, oh, I feel like I'm missing out. Work is the same, pretty much the same. Uh, like when we work with, we work with clients on a project. Okay, yeah, that's super interesting. I would have thought that like it was just completely different work altogether. I'm sure there are some aspects, like I don't, I don't really know the ins and outs, but just from me talking to this one friend, that's what sort of I got from it. Okay, yeah, that's super useful. Um, so I understand Melbourne Uni in particular is super theoretical, like compared to other unis. So have you found yourself using any of the theory in your everyday work life? Not really. Um, <laughs> at all. I've forgotten the names of most of the subjects I've done, let alone the actual concepts. Um, I think it was more just in general from my fin- from my finance major. Now I understand how like markets work. So none of the specific things I learned is I, I, I'm using. Like I'm sure some people who are working more hardcore finance are using those specific skills. But for me, it's more just a general understanding of how the financial world works. So it's more just like a high-level understanding that just came from three years of studying rather than specific concepts or theories or whatever. In terms of economics, like I really don't remember much. When we did ECHO, it was really like graphs. (laughs) Supply and demand graphs. No, that's not – like when I work in economics, it's not that stuff. So maybe I picked the wrong subjects. I don't know. I'm definitely – I definitely learned more from my finance major. And my economics one, it was fun, but it was like very specific or like theoretical. I just remember doing a lot of maths and graphs. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of that. I guess it's quite reassuring, like for maybe people who don't like the economic subjects at uni, that they won't have to keep drawing them and doing that sort of content yeah. in the workforce. Like there are some jobs that, yeah, you'll probably have to do that. But I feel like most of them, it's more just a general understanding of how the economy works rather than the specific maths equations and all that stuff. Yeah, just like laying the foundation. So within your role, would you say you work more individually or collaboratively? I know you um, said that it was quite varied, but like kind of what are the team dynamics within your role? Yeah, so it is quite varied, but most of the time it would be with a team. It just might be a small team, like you and one other person. The team dynamics, it's it's all, they'll always have a project where there is like a high, like, They'll have people from different levels. So like there'll be someone who's really high up and then someone who's like a manager and then someone like me. So I like that because like when I have questions, if it was just a project with me and someone higher up or someone more senior, I would feel a bit awkward asking them. Not that they've shown any, like that they might be lovely people, but it's just I might have small questions. So it's good when you have a team of different seniority levels so that you can ask people and people who have been in your position, people who know how confusing it can be when you join like a new project. So yeah, dynamic is really important and being able to connect with people from different levels as well is really important. 
Yeah, I'm sure that makes it like a lot more approachable and like it sounds like it's a good environment to learn in, especially as a grad coming out of uni. So what would you say is the most rewarding and the most challenging part of being a consultant in your team? The most challenging part was just wrapping my head around how the business works in the sense of I didn't, like I said before, I didn't know that government outsourced things. I don't understand, I didn't understand what infrastructure was or like a life cycle or any of the like words they use so it's more just learning like the language of the team like like what are the things they talk about what are the normal projects they do what like what do they call things all that type of stuff so like just understanding what the team does and why they do it and how it works and how it fits into the bigger picture that was the most confusing part for me also like when you're new you join projects for the first time and like it's so hard to wrap your head around the first few projects you do because you don't, yeah, you just don't understand how it fits in. Another part is you have to manage your own time in the sense of you need to be put on projects. Yeah, so I, yeah, I can understand, especially like when you're on all these different projects and everything, like there'd be so many different things to learn um, and like probably all at once. So I can imagine it would be quite challenging. Like as a consultant or as in the big four, you have a lot of clients from different sectors and in different industries. So also wrapping your head around those specific industries, like you might be working on a power and utilities project alongside like a hospitals project and you need to understand both of those industries or those sectors and you've got to like learn about them yourself and at the same time whilst learning about all the other stuff. So you have to like, yeah, become at least semi-professional in understanding all these different areas. Like I don't know anything about hospitals, so it's like, okay, i got to quickly just learn everything I can right now yeah have to be ready to talk about like experts yeah in the, exactly. to, to experts in the field I'm sure that would be quite a steep learning curve for sure and what about the most rewarding part of your role hmm. I'm still in the learning phase where everything still feels new, new and so I still feel like I'm fumbling so I, I feel like I'm gonna feel the most proud when I feel a bit more on top of the work I'm doing and I'm more in control uh, and I've been working for more, almost seven months and I'm still sort of learning. But I, I do enjoy the content of the projects I'm on. Like I said before, that social aspect and impact part is important to me. So the work I'm doing is rewarding because it's helpful to some some people or the client or the, the community that the client represents. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, and even though you're still early on in your career, have you found yourself needing to upskill or maybe like pick up anything new in your job? And has this been difficult? Yeah, but it's not upskilling in the sense of something that can be like, it's more upskilling in the specific work that I'm doing, not like Excel, which can people can upskill in other um, sectors and other jobs as well. It's more just upskilling the specific language and systems of my team. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's, yeah, really something you just have to learn on the job. And whatever the team, like, wants you to learn. Interesting. Excel is a big one. Like, I wish I learned more about that at uni. So would you have any tips, like, for students maybe wanting to get ready for their careers? Definitely Excel. There's so much stuff on YouTube. Like, I know it is a saves. Like, I'm saying, I'm telling you guys now to, like, learn <laughs> Excel, but I'm, like, majorly can't be bothered. But... Yeah, it's so important. It's just like it's almost as important as like just being able to type like on Word. <laughs> Understanding Excel. You don't have to be like too fancy. Just like understand it 
and some basics or just be willing to like put in the hours I feel that that is important because that can be like that can work in so many jobs not even just commerce related just anything yeah absolutely I feel like most roles these days involve a lot of excel so any sector any job any level just excel yeah so I guess that's a good um note for our listeners to try and like get on the front foot with their excel skills And do you have any advice for a student wanting to pursue a career in economics specifically? I would just say don't don't forget like the private companies exist. So don't just think, oh, you want to do economics and policy work, therefore I have to apply for like government or grad institute because everyone is just going to be applying for those jobs. And then obviously supply, like you, you might not get it. So a lot of people don't know that you can do government work or policy work or economics work in other firms. So I think that's my biggest lesson is do your research and you'll realise that so many other places work alongside government or for government. And there, yeah, there are so many roles there that other people might not know about. Yeah, okay. And I'm not sure if, like, you'll know the answer to this, but what other kind of teams are there within, like, maybe the big four firms that do, um, like, have an economics focus or work alongside the government? I don't know the specific names, but I know every big four has one. And, like, the smaller consulting firms would as well. Like, Deloitte Access Economics is a really big one. I think most people have heard of their name before. But, like, every big four has their version of Deloitte Access Economics. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And so, lastly, uh, we end all our episodes with a recommendation from our guests. So, have you been reading, watching, or listening to anything lately? It doesn't have to be finance or economics related um, that you'd like to recommend to our listeners. I, I've been getting into a lot of audiobooks because of lockdown. Firstly, my recommendation is just audiobooks because walking and listening, I feel like, has saved me <laughs> during lockdown. So, but a more specific like book recommendation is Pachinko. I, I was really late to the wagon, so like recommending something that some people probably already heard about, but it's a uh, fiction it's fiction and it follows like a whole family like a generate generations of the same family and it's set in like it's set in korea and japan with um around the, that history so i found it really interesting and the cover is also really beautiful <laughs> that definitely for it but yeah it was a really it was a really good book very sad but i really liked it okay that sounds super interesting and i haven't gotten into the um audio books yet but it would be a good use of time. Walk and read. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Caitlin. It's been a pleasure chatting to you and getting to know you and your story thus far since leaving Bo. Um, and I'm sure you've provided some great insight for our listeners. So thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bo Talks. Please do follow us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Banking on Women. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.